Cashflow Diary Podcast, episode 529. Welcome to yet another exciting episode of the Cashflow Diary Podcast, the podcast that teaches you insider tips, tactics, and strategies for creating leverage streams of cash flow into your life. Learn from top performing entrepreneurs, business owners, investors, and thought leaders from across the globe as they share their secrets to success. Like what you learn on this and other Cash Flow Diary podcast episodes? Go to learninvestingnow.com and sign up to receive powerful tips and information that will help you succeed as an entrepreneur and investor. Now, here's your host, investor, entrepreneur, business owner, educator, speaker, author, and master facilitator of Robert Kiyosaki's cash flow game, Jay Massey. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Cashflow Diary Podcast. I am your host, Jay Massey, and I'm glad that you are here today because we are all at various levels in our business. In fact, those that are working with us as we're out there to build our cash flow are at also their levels. They're at different levels of competency, understanding. And what's interesting is that in order for your business to succeed, in order for us to build the cash flow, in order for us to become bigger, better, badder entrepreneurs, what it takes is things like influence and leadership. And at the end of the day, how good you are at those things can determine the direction of your company. But one of the things that every company, yours included, must have is it must have a designated leader. Someone who has the responsibility, dare I say, the the challenge and the desire to serve from the front. And I have with me today one such leader. Uh, he's written a book, Be Chief. It's a choice, not a title. And I like that. And of course... I am talking about Rick Miller. You may know that he has served in many different capacities from startup to multinational. We're talking many different successful senior executive roles, including president and CEO uh, in Fortune 10, Fortune 30, nonprofit. We're, We're talking someone who has a breadth of experience. What that means is that in the time that we have today, we won't be able to get through it all. But what we will get will be worthwhile, useful, and something that you and I can use today. So, ladies and gentlemen, do me this favor. Let's make sure that, again, regardless of the position you think you're in in your business, that you get ready to listen, learn, and love Rick Miller. Rick, how you doing? Hey, Jay. Great to be with you. I'm glad that you are here. Uh, I'm kind of excited because when we have... Uh, individuals such as yourself who have managed to do so many things, there's usually nonstop situations of of stories and information that helps all of the entrepreneurs. So I'm kind of excited about that. Now, before I get too far, though, I have to ask you the same question I tend to ask everybody else the first time that they're here. You ready? I'm ready. All right. I look at today's entrepreneurs a lot like yesterday's superheroes, you know, like Batman, Robin, Wonder Woman, etc., Because I think entrepreneurs and superheroes have a ton of things in common. For example, as an entrepreneur, occasionally I can envision myself flying around town, using our products and services, and saving our customers one at a time. And yes, at that moment, I'm probably wearing a cape. Also, though, like a superhero, an entrepreneur has a beginning. You know, if you think about Spider-Man, for example, 
There was a time where he was just a kid going to school, doing his thing, taking some photos. Then one day he gets bit by a spider, discovers he's got a superhuman ability, (laughs) and now he's got to choose to use this for good or for evil. So my question to you is as follows. Before your book, Being Chief, before all of your roles at various different companies and and, and, and the Fortune 10, Fortune 30, before being a speaker and a leader, before all the things that people know you for today, what we want to know is, who is Rick Miller? Well, that's a great question, and it allows me to uh, go right to the the most influential person in my life and growing up in mm. central Massachusetts, uh, really with a uh, someone who really acted as a single parent. My my dad uh, mm. uh, took care of my mom, who was who's been hospitalized most of my life. We lost her last year, but for most of our eighty years, she was in the hospital wow. dealing with all kinds of things. She got dealt a bad hand this time. Hopefully, she gets dealt a better hand next time. But dad, uh, dad raised the three of us, me and my two younger brothers uh, in Central Mass, as I said, and, and uh, was active in the church and in the community. But what I remember is when dad would come home from work, he would have us at the kitchen table and he would be telling stories about people. He was a personnel guy. These days we, we call them human resources professionals. Mm-hmm. But back in the day in the machine tool shop in Central Massachusetts, dad was the personnel guy. And what what I, I can tell you, I, I bust a button every time I get a chance to tell this story because I'm so proud of Dad and in a way that uh, didn't make the paper a lot. But I can tell you that we were surrounded in central Massachusetts with other manufacturers who were union shops. Mm. And, Jay, I'm not anti-union at all. But what Dad's job was was to create an environment in his workplace that was so great between the workers and management that the union wasn't even needed. So I grew up with discussion about grievances and communication and compensation and recognition. I mean, it sounded like a personnel or a human resources meeting every every time at dinner. <laughs> but but I can tell you, and I'm so proud of my dad, in 27 years hmm. at the Healed Machine Tool Shop, Jay, there was never even a union vote. Hmm. Never even a vote. Now, we had people in the union at church and the grocery store, but there was never even a union vote. So I grew up wanting to be like dad, like like many boys. Mm. Um, but honestly, uh, per- people in personnel didn't make a lot of money. So I decided at some point, I kind of want to be like dad, but maybe I don't want that personnel job title. So I, <laughs> I've had a lot of other job titles, but and you're right. You've mentioned a couple of them. I've had all the seemingly, seemingly all the chief titles. But at the heart of that, uh, uh, and I'm not sure I would call myself a superhero, but at the heart of whatever I've done is that boy at the kitchen table listening to dad and saying, I want to be like dad. Yeah, and I get that. And it's often many of the individuals that we speak with here, that they have some early influence in a lot of the times it is mom or dad or some figure from childhood. What I find interesting, though, is, yes, you know, not even having a union vote, but the fact that it seems like, at least as you tell the story, it sounds like it was always a comfortable situation for your dad to hang around and, and deal with. I can only imagine that uh, skills like conflict resolution, I, I, I'm I'm almost curious to like, what happened when you and your brothers got in a, uh, an argument or two? How did he use the skills to get you guys to get on the same page. I was just, you know, I was wondering if you, like, were you guys the lab and he took the, you know, the, the, the experiment to work or did he take the, bring the experiment home? 
because oh no, he he brought it home. He brought it home. I mean, he, <laughs> he he knew what he was doing. He was very calm. We, we laugh sometimes that Dad never raised his voice. He was uh-huh. very controlled, and and you know he taught he taught us about uh, a word that I write about in the book. Uh, it's about power, and he believed that the reason that the union would not be required is he wanted people to acknowledge that people with titles have power. There's no doubt about it. But people without titles have power as well. So if you really understand what power is mm. and you can reflect that in, in anyone that you meet that they have a power and that everyone is uh, is almost like a student teacher. He always used to say, there's no one you'll ever meet that you don't have something to offer them. And by the way, at the same time, they have something to offer you. So, you know, some of the basics, being a good listener, being empathetic, you know, trying to put yourself in their shoes, all terms you've, you've, you've used and heard many times. Dad was the was a walking manifestation of that, and mm. uh, a pretty high bar. Of course, I'm totally biased as his oldest son. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, as you should be. But there's something in the title of your book that I think is intriguing to me. It's where you say it. It's it's more the subtitle actually. It's a choice, not a title, which suggests to me and and to everyone listening because oftentimes. You know, when you're starting your own business, you you want, you know, you want to be that entrepreneur. But and I've renamed CEO chief everything officer because that's exactly yep. how it feels, especially at the beginning. Sure. Um, but what do you mean when you say it's a choice, not a title? Well, it gets to this definition of power. Um, and there okay. is a conventional is a conventional definition of power. That whether you're an entrepreneur mm-hmm. uh, or mid-sized business or a big business, you, you know we've been all all been exposed to a, a definition of power that that is related to title or position, right? People yes. think you know, unless you're a CEO of one, and some of us have been. I you know currently am I am the CEO, and there's an employee group in my company right now of one. It's me, but I've worked in other organizations at times when I had a, a chief title, and I had tens of thousands of people who work for me. And, yeah. and some of those people would say, yeah, what, what comes with title is an element of, of control and really authority. And frankly, some people would say, uh, thankfully, not too many more, uh, too many these days, they would talk about supremacy, right? This, this, this idea wow. of, of title and position. And by the way, so, so think about organizations that delegate decisions up, right? I can't make this decision. I have to go to my boss. So maybe he or she knows something that I don't when in fact I'm probably closer to the problem than they are, right? None of this makes any sense. And and more and more companies are going away from centralized decision-making to decentralized. But my point is, is that power used to be things like title and position and control and authority. But I believe that today successful companies understand like my dad did, that power can be on the frontline worker if power is defined as energy, clarity, impact, influence, and confidence. Those are five things, Jay, that everyone can build. Everyone can make a choice to, to, to have more influence. They, they can make a choice to bring more energy. They can be a choice to seek clarity. And, and what, the, what the book is about is, is really those choices. I mean, how do you build energy and how do you build clarity and confidence and influence so that you can have a greater impact independent of your title? So here's the question before we dive into those things. What I'm curious to know, because there's something that you said that you've observed businesses moving towards a more decentralized way of actually making decisions, etc. I guess the 
question becomes is why was the philosophy, how did the philosophy become centralized in fashion? And why, why do you think there's been resistance to this? Well, I, I think it's been around. It's almost a military view, right? I mean, the hierarchical nature of what when people use the term corporate, right? Mm-hmm. They think about the old style factories where a group of eight workers worked for a supervisor. The supervisors all together worked for a, another level manager. And, and you can see the hierarchy. You know, an org chart is, in fact, a hierarchy. And, and most organizations, uh, uh, with very few exceptions, if you go back 10, 20, 30, 40 years, were, were structured that way. Uh, nowadays, you've got things uh, to go to the other extreme of self-directed teams, right? Mm-hmm. Completely self-directed where, where uh, people are given the authority and the autonomy. They need to communicate with other groups, but where decisions are, mating, are being made far closer uh, to the customer, far closer to the issue, uh, because the issue now is not only availability of information. I mean, at one point, the re- things had to go up in an organization because only those at the organiz- top of the organization had, had the, the knowledge to make a fully informed decision. Mm. Well, now if you're holding your smartphone and you've got a, different, a, a decent <laughs> information uh, system, you've got the same information they have, right? right? So, so the idea now is, is well-informed decision but a focus on speed, right? Speed of execution is now a big differentiator for companies. So as they hire good people and give them good tools and make sure that uh, you know their values are aligned with the values of the organization, uh, it's just prudent to give these great people uh, the ability to make decisions well, quickly. And, and what's been interesting, okay, as I'm listening to you, in, in my head, my thought has been, and, and when I go out there and I'm leading the team, et cetera, has been, you guys are the ones who have to implement it. You you've been the ones dealing with the customers. You're the ones who who probably have way more information than me. Plus, uh, I I would rather to to a degree. There's a part of me internally that would rather them make the decision so that because I I know myself. I don't have all the answers all the time. Like they've right. got the answers. Am I right. wrong in this understanding, or is this what no. you're talking about? Not at all. And I think that the balance is, uh, you know, people, you know, you've got an awful lot of people now who are being effective where they used to perhaps be uh, just the coach. Now they're player coaches, right? They're right. in, they're on, they're on the field uh, with the players. It's not like, okay, they're doing, some group is working in a department and they have to go into the manager's office, right? I mean, thank God offices are a thing of the past in many places, right? <laughs> right. It's like, we're all together, right? Yeah. We're all together. We're trying to figure this thing out. So you are, uh, what you're offering, uh, I'm seeing lots of, uh, in all industries and in all size companies, at least the successful ones. Now, uh, there are some people, especially, you know, if, if you go through the education system, et cetera, where, they don't feel like they're a chief because they haven't been given a title or been dubbed or somehow knighted and or some been given someone else's permission. Mm-hmm. How are they to reconcile the fact that they're in some sort of leadership position or that they do have power? Well, I, I think the, the challenge with power, one of one of my favorite quotes is the power that we're talking about, energy, mm-hmm. influence, mm-hmm. clarity, impact and confidence power like that is never given. It's only taken. I, I can't say to you, Jay, I want you to have more confidence. <laughs> okay. Okay, Rick. That's that's cool. Um, but you've got to take it. You've Sorry, that just decisions. sounded really funny when you said it. it. Just, just saying the word made me just sound like, what? That sounds funny. Yeah. 
Okay. But that was your question. That was your question. How do how do we how do we help people who have not been given power, right? Well, they, how, how do we help them get it? I mean, my point is, how are you defining the term? If you're if you're talking about authority, there's no question. I mean, in okay. an organization, I see. not everybody can decide. Okay, this is what I want to pay myself today, right? There's an element of authority <laughs> about pay and benefits, and and you know, there is some need for 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 communication in a particular way up and down mm -hmm. but the power that matters right and the big challenge of all businesses right now small medium uh big is the number of people who aren't fully engaged right this has been widely reported mm -hmm. um and and the cost to business of people not bringing their a game every day to work is just nuts it's just super high and and unfortunately many people are asking the question that you asked which is well, wait a minute. When, when am I going to be able to have a bigger impact? And it's not only uh, the wrong question, but the answer is when you decide to take it. Now, uh, along with the decision to, to, to have a bit more impact, it, it's incumbent upon you to make sure you're fully informed, you're communicating effectively, and the things that it just takes to be effective on a team. But if people are waiting for permission, then we've unearthed a big part of the problem. Well, I, I think that that is what is happening. That I think a lot of people are waiting for permission. I mean, I, I if I'm to be direct and talk to the audience for a minute, there's a number of them that are waiting for permission to actually step into the greatness I believe they were born to be and become that CEO and start that business. They they are waiting for permission. How? What has? Okay, not all of us had the great example of your dad. Right. So, what would be? an act that someone could do who's listening right now, who who is in this position of waiting for permission that would be evidence to them that they're beginning to to take that power that you're talking about. Hey, guys, thanks for listening as always. And I'm glad that you continue to support with each and every download and subscription and share. One of the things that I want to ask you, though, is where are you listening to me from right now? I know some of you, maybe you're on a treadmill, maybe you're washing dishes, maybe you're walking that dog, and some of you are actually in a vehicle driving right now. One of the fun things that you can do, get some of your time back, is begin to living a car-free existence. But even then, it can be a little complicated. So one of the things that I want you to do is I want you to go over to Zipcar. Go to joinzipcar.com forward slash cash flow diary. It's a way that I am able to still go get a car just for a few hours very, very simply so that if I have a lot of errands to run and sheets to drop off and running to the short term rentals or if I just want to go for a long trip up to LA and back, etc., I can rent a car for a very, very short period of time. And the cool part is I don't even have to pay for any gas. Again, go to joinzipcar.com forward slash cash flow diet. Uh, great question. And I'll give you, a, I've got a bunch, but I'll give you my favorite one. And in fact, I think uh, just a super important one. And, and it, it's an exercise. So, okay. so Jay, if you asked the five people who know you best, okay, right, what do you think I stand for? Ooh. What are the, what are the things that I mean, your five people know you best? Give me, give me the, the things that when you think of Jay, you think of these kind of attributes, right? And so let's just for this, make the math easy. Let's ask each of them to give you five. So you're going to ask five people who know you well, mm -hmm. what do you think I stand for? Mm -hmm. Now you can do the math. They might 
give you 25 different answers, right? You can do the math. It might be 25 right. different answers. It's possible. And, and by the way, they could all be very positive. And, and you might feel, hey, this is great. A lot of people have a lot of great things to say about me. But if you stop and think about it, what is power? Power is, is concentrated energy. It's, con it's concentrated. What would, what would it be like, Jay, if, if you asked those five people and on the other end of the spectrum, all five people gave you the exact five same answers? They say, you know what, Jay, when I think about you, I think about family and I think about respect and I think about excellence. And I think about integrity and I think about whatever the fifth one is, right? And those, you know, you, Jay, you live, eat, sleep, breathe, dream those. And you're, you know, when you, when you talk to people, you talk about your values and you live them. Everything you do is a manifestation of those five values. So the exercise is ask five people, any of your audience, ask five people, what do you think I stand for? Hmm. Give me five attributes. And then write them all down. Now, you might have, you might find kissing cousins. Right? Someone may say kindness and someone may say empathy. And those are kind of kissing cousins. They're kind of in the same category. Right? Yeah. But my point, my point is you will be more powerful if you take, for example, those 25 attributes and you ask yourself, which five do I want to stand for most? Mm. Right? They're all important, but you can't stand for 25 things. <laughs> you can't. I, you know, so my point is each of your audience members could, can do this. And say, wow, if I get this broad, this must be things that I'm doing and I'm saying maybe unconsciously, or maybe I'm not being as clear in what I want to stand for, right? There mm -hmm. should be no, by the way, it could be five, six, seven. It just shouldn't be 25. So that's a real pragmatic, simple exercise that your audience members could look to do to say, you know what? I'm going to test this. What, what am I sending out there? And if, if I have five things that are the most important things to me on the planet, Shouldn't the people who know me best know and feel that? And then you've got choices. Again, remember, it's a choice. You might modify your language. You might modify your actions. You might follow up to the one person who's, who's got you know, a list that doesn't resonate with the other and say, well, why, why do you say that? Mm. Right? Self-understanding is the key to power. And I would just offer that the key to confidence are your values, what you stand for. And I always say, once you figure out where you stand, mm -hmm. you can take one. Mm -hmm. And when you take a stand, you develop confidence and you're more powerful. So that's one of my favorite examples because it's simple. It involves people who know you. It's not a, a big, long exercise. Mm -hmm. And it gives you choices based on the, 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 the feedback that you get about what you might do such that in 60, 90 days, you go back to that same five group of people who gave you 25 answers and and maybe you're down to 15, right? Or maybe maybe you've got choices you can make that would be more clear about things that are really important to you and how the people who are closest to you should say, you know what? When I think of Jay, man, this is, this is what Jay is all about. There's other good things, but these five come through so strongly. It's the essence of who Jay is. I like it. I like it a lot because that is something that is actionable that can indeed be done. Now, you know, we, we can't have this discussion of power have mentioned Spider-Man and not say the following with great power comes great responsibility. So my question to you then is for those who are in power, mm -hmm. what would you say are their number top three, if you will, responsibilities of making sure that they use what they do have in the most effective manner? 
Oh, there's 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 so many more than three, but because clearly those that have <laughs> those that those that have have that positional power, and I mean everyone's got the same opportunity. By the way, and I I say to people who have titles, yes, you don't you don't get a pass on clarity and influence and 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 energy. You don't get a pass on those things, right? You you have the same opportunity if you're in the in the corner office or you're in the front line. You have the same opportunity to build my favorite definition of power. But there are people because of their title, that do have another element, uh, uh, and they're responsible for things like compensation and recognition and promotion and performance management and education and assessment and selection. and There's a whole bunch of stuff that they can do to create an environment. So if, you've got a, if you're an entrepreneur and you've got – maybe you're not a solo uh, entrepreneur, but maybe you've got a small team. Of two, three, four. Let's pick it, right? Four people. There's a there's a person who tends to be more in charge, and three people who work with her or him. Mm-hmm. What can you be doing to allow those three or four people to be their best? And simple things like recognition. Right? It doesn't need to be uh, uh, it doesn't need to be a plaque or a or a you know a, a, a something in an organization of a midsize or a large company might do, uh, but. But are you saying thank you enough? Are you recognizing the contributions of each member of your team to the extent you could? My my personal experience with small business is you just cannot recognize people enough. You can't. You may think, wow, I continue to, to tell Sally she's doing a great job. Maybe Sally's getting tired of it. Trust me. Sally <laughs> is not getting tired of it. Believe me. Okay? And and so so most importantly – uh, I, I think at the top of the list would be things like recognition, would be honestly things like selection, right? You get a, cho- a, a chance to choose who's a member of your team, and 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 that's critical. I mean, you you bring someone in uh, who isn't fitting the culture of your organization or the work ethic or the values of your organization, it can be debilitating to everybody involved, right? And then I would say the third one, if you if you, you know, told me I could only pick three, would be communication, mm. right? Communication, Jay, I believe, is the joint construction of meaning, hmm. which means if I'm talking, we could have excellent eye contact, but I don't know if I'm communicating. I, I don't know until I stop talking and say, Jay, I know what I said. What did you just hear? Right? <laughs> right? It's an active process, and and so many people think that I've got good eye contact. Man, I said it five times. How could How can that knucklehead – not understand me. I said it five times, right? Right. And I said it. I said it slowly. <laughs> no <laughs> and doubt. And sometimes, like you're like you're talking a foreign language, and the person doesn't understand English. But now you're saying it slowly, so this is going to help them, and they have no idea what you're talking about, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> but that. But those are three that I think people who do have positional power um, can really do a wonderful job increasing the probability. That people will step up to their 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 individual power. So the, you bring up something that um, I go through every time we are trying to bring on new people. Uh, you know, finding the talent and, and the skills is one thing, but I've consistently looked for people who I think are just going to fit in in a culture sense because uh, it's like if if you're not, there's something about the hey kid, would we even like each other, hang out? type of can you are you down with the same vibe that the rest of us are because i don't want anyone to feel like an outcast um 
I'm curious because there is one, there's an interview question that I love that tends to reveal this for me and makes it mm-hmm. really, really easy. I'm just curious if you have like any advice for the entrepreneurs, myself listening, where you develop the question that can help uh, elicit that type of information, whether they're a good communicator, culture fit, uh, or, you know, uh, et cetera, uh, during an interview process. Well, I'm, I, uh, there are a bunch, uh, but I'll give you one that I rely on. Yes. Um, and it's, it's not the question, it's the process. And, okay. and the, the highest probability, and I've had the good fortune of hiring thousands, I haven't counted them all, but maybe tens of thousands of people over my career, uh, but a lot. Uh, and, and, just, uh, and, and I know when I've done well and when the organization has done well and when I've done poorly, and invariably when I've done poorly – I have not taken enough time to get diverse input on an employee, hmm. potential employee. Hmm. So the diversity of perspective, we can, we can identify diversity in all kinds of different ways, but experiential diversity, uh, attitudinal diversity, hmm. right? There's all kinds of – let the introverts and the extroverts add them, right? I mean, so they're going to interview in very different ways. So – and each of those will come with different questions that are meaningful to them. And the only times I've gotten myself in trouble, Jay – was when I thought, man, I've got to, I've got to move on this position. I've got, um, I've got a deadline instead of my normal process of, uh, if it's a mid-sized organization, I might, I might have up to a dozen people talk to this person, sometimes more, um, uh, you know, in a mid-sized organization. And, and the only time I got myself in trouble is when, you know what, these three people are representative of the 12 and let's just go. Mm. And invariably, if I have a problem, I look back at the process and I scratch my head and I said, yep, knucklehead. You had to had to relearn that lesson again, didn't you? Right? Yeah. So it really is the diversity of of the of the experience of bringing people in, uh, and and then hanging out together, right? I mean, people put their game face on when they're in interview mode. There's no doubt about it. There's right. the old discussion of you won't know somebody unless you've you know had a beer with them or 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 done something social with them, whatever else. You'll see different time, but giving them an opportunity to show the different sides of themselves because we all have different sides, right? We we all do. And the challenge for successful organization is, you know, the, the old adage was, well, you keep that stuff at home. When you show up, you need to be this way. It's like, no, no, you are who you are, right? right. You're, if you're going to check your personality at the door, then I, I will tell you, you and I are going to have a problem because I want all of you. <laughs> exactly. I want it all, you're right. right? I want every bit of it because the term I use a lot is being all in. Yeah. And all in means you need to deal with all of it, which means you know, back in not long ago, if somebody had an issue at home, it's like, well, you deal with that on your time. No. Now we talk about work-life balance a lot. And, and honestly, I think that's the wrong it's the wrong question. People say, do you try to get work-life balance? And I, I always say that's the wrong question because if I think about the word balance, mm. I think about a scale that is right. only at equilibrium when it's still, Right. Mm-hmm. Is your is your life ever still, Jay? Mine isn't. <clears throat> uh, no, mine, mine isn't. Yeah. So I like the term. Uh, how are you doing with work life integration? Right. I get how that. are you integrating the two? And sometimes by asking the right question, again back to hiring somebody, I want someone who can who can show me that they can integrate work and life. I want to know what's going on at home. I want to know you know what's going on in, in your world because our job is to integrate that with everything we do you know, when you're at work to, to have you be a whole person. Yeah. The, the whole person indeed, because it's that it's the experience in a lot of cases that I find that 
that they've had that I've never had or would never have that somehow relates to solving the the next challenge or achieving the next goal or target is related to that. And that's been one of the things that we've done consistently is, you know, taking license of, of understanding from, yeah, I get that, you know, you're having this challenge at home. How did you solve it? And maybe we right. can use that too. <laughs> yeah. <absolutely. laughs> you know, it, yep. it, there's a lot of that that tends to go on. So uh, I, I know there's a, a, a number of people who have listened this far and they're liking exactly what you're talking about. But I, I want you for a moment, if you could, to not only let us know how we can find out more about what you've got going on, but I like the fact that what you're doing is not just, you know, it, it's not just a book, but there's a there's a mission behind it. And I would love for you to talk about that. Well, yeah, I'm happy to. Uh, you know, the book is uh, Be Chief. And anybody that wants to get more information can go to bechief.com. There you can download a free chapter if you want. Actually, what you can do as well is you can take uh, a, uh, an assessment tool. You can figure out how much power you currently have. I mean, the, the language of business is numbers. So you can actually get an, a numeric score for how powerful you are identified as energy, influence, clarity, confidence, and impact. So that's, that's online at bchief.com. You can also learn about the, uh, the wonderful nonprofit, uh, a wonderful place that, that helps special needs kids uh, that are getting every single dollar uh, that would have come to me as the author is going to special needs kids. This is a service project. Uh, the, the, the book will talk about how to be more powerful. Uh, I believe strongly in, in servant leadership. The book is, is ripe with not only uh, supplying you with stories of servant leadership, but actually applying servant leadership to make a difference. And uh, the good news is we, we tell stories about how we tripled the growth rate of million and billion dollar organizations using the, these, these simple tools. They just work. They work. They work all the time. And I'm so pleased to share the message of service, but also, in fact, that, uh, that all the proceeds, all author proceeds are going to, to serve a wonderful group of special needs kids and their families that need the help. Yes, absolutely. Now, as we wind down here, I've got a final question for you because I think your answer is going to be unique and uh, I want to hear it. So, you know, there's an individual or two who's listened and, you know, they, they're at what I like to call that, that precipice of decision. Rick, they've listened this entire time. They've been sitting on the edge and now they're like, you know what? I'm drawing a line in the sand. Today's the day I'm going into business or like, you know what? I'm done with seven. It's time for eight figures. You know, I'm going to hire that person. I'm going to make that next step. They're going to claim that power that we've been talking about. So, you know, like I know, uh, Rick, in, in moments like this, we have a companion and that companion comes in the form of a voice. And it's a voice that reminds us of all the reasons why it won't work and how, who on earth do you think you are? What do you mean you have power? I know you. I mean, and for some people, they're related to that voice. So my question to you is as follows. Let's pretend that this time it's going to be different. This time they're going to follow through and they're going to do exactly what you say in the next 24 to 48 hours. Mm -hmm. What would you suggest that they do? Uh, two things. First off, uh, Go online and take the assessment, get a, a sense of what power you currently have, 
and the simple choices you could make to be more powerful. And second, uh, dial up Brene Brown and read the book Daring Greatly. Hmm. I love Brene. I highlight her and about 19 other people in my book, uh, some of the best stuff I've ever read. And Brene does a wonderful job talking in particular. She's known for her, her, her great research on, on vulnerability and how vulnerability is absolutely the key to any great conquest. Uh, but again, you're talking about people uh, who maybe have never done it, to, to, to follow your analogy. Uh, they're going to go in uh, you know, still vulnerable as they take a step that maybe they've never taken from seven figures to eight figures or starting a business. And it's okay, by the way, to feel a little vulnerable. And daring greatly that Brene, that Brene wrote, uh, and again, there's a section on my book in, in, on Brene and vulnerability uh, and how to apply it. But the issue, I think, to get direct is you know, assess where you are internally and get some help because we, you know, to dare greatly is a great thing uh, and, and acknowledge that you're going to do it with a bit of vulnerability. I love it. I, I definitely appreciate the the breadth of experience and the fact that you've hired so many people. You had a, a great example from the beginning, and you found a way to take that example and and improve upon it, which is uh, commendable. And then turning around and sharing that information and helping others in the process just only speaks further to the level of power you've managed to, to build and claim and, and, and influence that you have for yourself. And I thank you for taking the time to share your knowledge, wisdom, and insight here with us today at the Cashflow Diary, sir. Thanks, Jay. My pleasure. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you know what time it is. It's time for you to move at the speed of instruction. What does that mean? That means get over to bchief.com. Why? Because you know, you know, you heard what I heard. You heard that, wow, I've got energy. I've got clarity. I can make impact, influence, and build confidence. Yes, you have power. Now it's time to exercise that power, get a copy of the book, start following the directions, and apparently we're all going to learn to dare greatly as well. Ladies and gentlemen, there's no time like the present. All you have is right now. I'm looking forward to hearing what you do with this new information. It's been fun talking to you guys today. I love talking to you guys. And I look forward to talking to you soon. Until next time.